Today's free edition of Richard Kaysen Online is brought to you by the fine folks at Vaginus. These are modern times we're living in, folks. The LGBTQRSTUV Omicron Theta X Picard community has taken over. There's no genders anymore. Once upon a time, you had men and you had women, and that's it. And and gay people. That wasn't enough. Some days there are no genders. Some days there's 57 genders. But for the purposes of this live commercial, if you're a man, but you want to be a woman, but just for a little while, there's vaginas. How does it work? Simple. It's a pill. You take the pill, and it takes your penis and kind of deadens it, sort of but not completely, just enough to where it goes up inside of you to serve as a temporary vagina of sorts that people can then fuck you in. Is that crude enough? Now, as with any drug, vaginus is not without its side effects. Contact your physician before using any pharmaceutical, including vaginus whose side effects include fatigue, nausea, dizziness, headaches, diarrhea, psoriasis, dry mouth, mouth sores, decreased blood cell counts, hair loss, flatulence, bizarre and uncontrollable behavior, changes in structural functioning of the brain, weakened immune system, liver failure, seizures, strokes, heart attack, impaired decision-making, hello, worsening of emotional well-being, drowsiness, unsteadiness, memory loss, difficulty speaking, fever, Elevated blood pressure, constipation, tinnitus, swelling of hands, swelling of the extremities, extension of the extremities, insomnia, weight loss, nosebleed, nervousness, anxiety, muscle stiffness, drooling, flu-like symptoms, and possibly even death. For when you're a man, but want to feel like a woman, but just for a little while. Hey, everybody. There's Vaginus. Get a mic in your hands, you're a little smartass, aren't you? Well, I'm not gonna leave you alone. I wish I could get Walmart to give me the surveillance video of it, with sound. I want you to get mad! I'm about to walk in front of this car, and I see the woman on her phone, and I'm like, uh, you have traffic behind you, ma'am, and she says, I don't really care. And I said, yeah, no it's because you're an inconsiderate f***ing I'm as mad as hell, and I'm not gonna take this anymore! Uh, I don't see why it's any of your business. Everything's my business. Oh my god, that crazy loon, Richard Kaysen. Let's hear it! How do you feel? We're mad as hell, we're not gonna take this anymore! Unpredictable, ballistic, ape crazy. I don't understand it. That was like, down crazy lane or something. It was what? <laughs> a mad prophet of the airways. Richard Kaysen. Richard Kaysen. Richard Kaysen. Happy Monday to you from the land of intolerance. Where even during the holidays, hate has a home. You have found the Voice of Doom, Harbinger of Hate, Captain Missouri, the one and only, thank God there is only this one talking to you right now. Richard Kaysen Online. Let me get these dates out of the way real quick. This is the week that I go back on the road. Back to work, finally. Wow, when was my last road gig? Was it uh, 
Oh, well, it was not that long ago. It was in Indiana. They're getting harder to remember. But this uh, Friday, the day after Thanksgiving, I will be at Cruise Inn Throttle Down. That's kind of a biker bar. Not a one-percenter biker bar, but a regular, ordinary biker enthusiast bar. And uh, had a lot of fun performing there. Uh, I guess it was back in March of this year. So I'll be returning the day after Thanksgiving. And then the next day, I will be in Donovan, Missouri at the dugout. Also a return appearance to there. Should see who I can dredge up to open for me that day. I went in cold last year. And I did pretty good. I hadn't been on stage for like a year. Well, I did that shitty winery gig in Illinois, but God, wineries plus I was following uh yeah, never mind. <laughs> can't can't blame everything and everybody. Just gotta take that hit. But uh then uh December seventh I'll be at the outpost in Centertown, Missouri. It'll be uh, another Richard Case and New Year's Eve on December 31st, which always seems to fall on that day, at uh, Turtle Creek Pub and Grill in O'Fallon, Missouri. And my only club date in 2020, doing St. Cloud, Florida, Porky's Comedy Club. Maybe I'll run into Pee Wee and Meat while I'm down there. Um, So I didn't do a Thursday show last week, and... It's as good of an excuse as any because this Thursday is Thanksgiving, so I won't be doing a Thursday show either. So you'll get today free, and then tomorrow and Wednesday will be the only shows. I've been busying myself with uh, a new project I've been working on. See, I... uh, You know, whenever I first started developing who the hell I was and what I was about. When I was about five years old, my my first attempt at an artistic creation, I decided that I wanted to start drawing. I remember the first thing I ever tried to draw was Captain Crunch. And you know how a five-year-old typically draws. It's a Mine was a little better than a stick figure, but their arms were still stuck out like a scarecrow. For whatever reason, I don't know why kids will... (laughs) Everyone that kids draw, they're being crucified, it looks like. And my drawing got a little better, but it never got past the late 50s, early 60s Hanna-Barbera cartoon level. I wanted to draw better. I wanted to draw serious or realistic and I couldn't quite pull it off so I started veering away from that towards uh, uh, writing and I had kind of entertained the idea of being a comedian when I was a small kid but then when I saw that first Dennis Miller special when I was 14 it reignited the whole thing If you've never seen that first Dennis Miller special from 88, good God, even now, I mean, that'll stack up against anything, in my opinion. But 
it was that special that brought me right back in. I've been concentrating on that for years upon years upon years. Also doing radio for years upon years upon years. And uh, beginning in 09, I branched out into podcasting, which is not completely foreign. There are many elements of regular radio that carry over to podcasting. (laughs) Equipment and sound quality not being one of them. So I've been doing this podcasting thing for roughly 10 years now. But I'm 41, and I'm, I'm getting there, but I'm not there yet. I'm not where, not only am I not where I need to be, it feels like that I'm making up for lost time. So I am definitely more driven than I may have been in the past to get shit done. Power off. <laughs> That's going to be the name of my book, of my bio, my biography, whenever I write it. It's going to be called Power Off, Power On, because that's basically been my career for all these years. There's not going to be any pairing. The device is connected. Is it connected? Are you sure? Because according to this, it says, no media. Man. How can you listen to this just week after week, me arguing with a Bluetooth speaker? (laughs) It's pathetic. Are you quitting on me? (laughs) Where's the damn sound effect when I need it? And when I need it to play right and loud. Jeez, this show stinks. Are you quitting on me? Yeah, you can't even hear that. Yeah. Come on, you whore. Are you quitting on me? There, that's how I need it to sound. Get the fuck off of my obstacle! Get the fuck down off of my obstacle! Now! Move it! Now! I'm gonna rip your balls off so you cannot contaminate the rest of the world! I will motivate you, Private Pile, if it short dicks every cannibal on the Congo! So anyway, as I was trying to fucking say before... I had yet another equipment crash. I've been doing this podcasting thing for about 10 years, but getting older and I feel compelled to get my shit together and to get shit done. And YouTube is one of these things that I have mostly neglected. I mean, I've got stuff on there. I have a page. I have a handful of subscribers. But it's not the thing that I really need it to be and I see these assholes with millions of views and these videos are monetized and they have to be while not rich they're making enough money to I guess quit whatever bullshit jobs they had so I've been working on I I've been writing these most of starting in late summer this truck stop and this abandoned phone booth that I'm doing this show at It's getting louder and louder. But I started writing these segments. Some are longer than others, but the average length is about a minute and a half, two minutes. Some are four minutes. The one about social media is eight minutes because it's the first one that I wrote. 
I had a lot of shit to say about social media because let's be clear, and I am completely hypocritical when I say this, okay? But let us not kid ourselves. Social media is a cancer and we're all contributing to it and it's killing us. Okay, so I've been writing these YouTube videos and I decided that the basic concept, it was going to be me delivering a commentary. And at the end of it, there'll be my signature, just like the, the old days when the news people would give a commentary on something. And I would have a graphic of whatever I'm talking about behind me as a background. A simple enough concept. Everyone does something similar. Seldom do any of them have anything of any importance, unlike me, to say. That's the difference. So I've uh, had to kind of... It's not a complete reinvention, not a complete adaptation of sorts, but I've just had to call upon some, some new knowledge, some new abilities that I've recently acquired to uh, keep myself relevant in the going into the 2020s. Going into the 20s, everybody, and I need to stay modern and hip. And so before I'm on Social Security... I'm making a, a run on YouTube to put out some videos that will have a shitload of tags that are guaranteed will polarize people. They will either love them or hate them, just like when I was on the radio. Hopefully, they won't violate YouTube's community standards, and hopefully, they'll get a bunch of eyes so that I can monetize the rest of the page so that I can collect some money and also use it as a promotional platform for my stand-up dates, which are uh, November 29th. I'm going to be... A no, I'm not going to do that. But more and more comics, for better or for worse, and, and I am against this. I think you should be booked based on your stand-up act. Just like if you're applying for a radio job, I don't think the media you have on social uh or the following you have on social media should dictate whether you get a job or not my following is relatively small but this is a guarantee you will find no one better than i on the radio you won't not in this day and age there have been some good ones there have been the Don Imuses. There have been the Howard Stearns. There have been the Rush Limbaugh's. And now there's only one Richard Kaysen. But no one knows who the fuck I am. <laughs> because, well, I've been asked to leave from a few jobs because, well, Rick doesn't play with others, which is the official line. In reality, what that means is I don't like being bullshitted and I don't like being lied to. And I am that one guy, because I have no family, nuclear family that is, if I need to call bullshit on something, I will. For better or for worse, good, bad, or indifferent, when I see bullshit, I'll call it. 
Now, that doesn't mean I'm just walking around, oh, you're full of shit, that's bullshit. No, I've learned over the years to let things develop, to let things breathe, because I know that sometimes I can be a little overreactionary. So I've tried to check that. I've tried to rein that in. That's why I let people... Like, if, if, if someone does something that is pricky or condescending, I'll give them a pass, another pass, maybe even six or seven, ten, twelve passes to make absolutely sure that I'm not being a prick when I finally say, hey, you know that thing you always do, that noise you make with the, with the tooth sucking? That's really fucking annoying, okay? It's annoying, it's high-pitched, it hurts my ears, and it pisses me off. Why don't you quit? I've learned over the years to wait to get to that point, not just come right out of the gate with that. <laughs> How did I get on this subject? What am I talking about? Um, anyway, YouTube videos, I'm making them, and uh, they're going to be coming very soon covering a wide range of topics. It's going to be one a week. Man, what a... So they've opened a drag strip out here at the truck stop, apparently. The gasoline and the food isn't making enough money. they got to have funny car races out here on a Monday. Jesus. So look for the... And it's called A Moment with Richard Kaysen. Look for those videos going to be hitting YouTube. Very, very soon, without any further delay, my God, we haven't done that. Well, there's a couple of bits we haven't done for a while. If the stupid mouse would just cooperate, nothing ever works. Nothing ever works. Choke yourself. Don't pull my fucking hand over there. I said choke yourself. Now lean forward and choke yourself. Of all the times for a remote control keyboard to go on the fritz. Oh, come on. There. Well, not that you'd know it, but 15 fucking minutes has gone by. Because all of this shit decided to crash. I'd like nothing more than to take all of this outside into a pile, dump a gallon of gas over it, and light it. Unfortunately, half of it isn't mine. God. This must be what it was like editing tape or film. Just a tedious, long fucking process. Anyway, the music you're hearing means that it's time for uh, Kaysen's Critters. I'm having trouble understanding any of this. <laughs> Perhaps you can understand this. Sit down and shut up. <laughs> So this Russian guy, Mikhail Galin, or Galen maybe, was distraught when Russian airline Aeroflot told him that his cat Victor was too heavy to fly in cabin of plane. The gray and, uh, yeah, the gray and black feline, I almost said gray and back for some reason. That's probably a mild stroke. The gray and black feline was already sick from an earlier flight from Riga, Latvia to Moscow that he had to be allowed to take Galen uh, wrote in a November 6th Facebook post and he couldn't bear the idea of putting him in cargo for eight hours. These fucking pet worshippers. 
Aeroflot allows pets in the cabin if they and their carrier container max out at 17 and a half pounds. Victor, well, he weighed in at 22 pounds. Is there a more human name for a cat, by the way, than Victor, even if it is Victor with a K? Galen said, I was very worried that during the duration of eight-hour flight, something would happen to him in cargo, and he wouldn't survive trip. After pleading, failed to change any minds, then that's when uh, Mikhail came up with what seemed like the perfect solution. <laughs> Here's some real spy shit. A mini Victor body double. With the help of friends and the power of social media, he found a miniature kitty named Phoebe to present for inspection. He was then able to use Miles to book a flight on business class for two days after the original flight. Galen says, After spending another night in capital, we went to airport with Cat, Cat Double and his owners. The switcheroo apparently fucking worked. Phoebe was deemed an acceptable weight, but Galen ultimately brought his pudgier buddy on board. Then he had balls enough to post photos on Facebook of the uh, nearly four-year-old cat perched on his lap, leering out of a window and gazing at a glass of champagne from his carrier. But the story didn't end there. No, no. Aeroflot confirmed that it kicked Galen out of its loyalty program and stripped him of his airline miles for breaking the rules. In the old days, that would have got him shot. Then they started investigating after the tale took off online and determined that Galen had seriously violated a number of animal transportation rules, all of which are punishable by being shot in the head. Including to uh, fail to check in an oversized pet in the cargo hold and removing the cat from its carrier on board. Can't be doing that. <laughs> That's a lot of fucking work cat. Honest to God. Let's go in the other direction to Kaysen's Critters. I'm gonna take a... <laughs> wow, I turned into an Aussie for a second, didn't I? We're gonna take a back seat, mate. No, we're gonna take a back seat as soon as this fucking page queues up. God, this equipment. Okay, here we go. Uh, we're gonna go to uh, uh, CBS 2 and KCAL 9 out in Los Angeles for Family blaming a FedEx delivery driver for the death of their beloved dogs. Claims a FedEx delivery driver killed their dog. I just said that. The delivery driver was reckless and the company's response was not sensitive enough. Tonight, <laughs> Don't you freeze up on me! Susie and Jeff, if you walk through parts of Venice, you will notice a lot of homes sit behind walls. Some are higher than others, which is why one family is handing out this flyer. They believe what happened was the result of a speedy delivery. It was a delivery person... Speedy delivery! Into their yard, <laughs> Hello, Mr. Rogers. I have that package for you. Yeah! What look at Cooper seen here with a bow in her hair, and you can see why. She was the center of Mitchell Gallons and Kegel Napier's world. We've just had a horrible weekend. They're blaming a FedEx delivery person for the loss of their four-pound Yorkie. They say this large box containing crystal in a second Christmas present 
was thrown over I'm not even watching it. I'm just listening to it because I got to find my next thing. When Cooper was sunbathing, and so I really picked up the box, and Cooper was in a puddle of blood. Here are some of Cooper's X-rays. That told us she suffered serious injuries to her lungs and liver. The next day, Keiko and Mitchell chose to have her euthanized. I felt like a dog. Feta sent us a statement saying, We extend our deepest sympathies to the family of the pet involved in this incident. But you ordered the package, ma'am. You ordered the package. The circumstances behind this event. Based on the outcome of our investigation, we will take the appropriate action. We need to say that we're going to institute a corporate-wide mandate that drivers cannot throw packages. And that's what I want to throw. The couple says Cooper used to sleep between the both of them every night. So now they want to prevent drivers from taking what they call shortcuts that could have a lasting impression. A grandchild plays out here. My mother is out here gardening. I am here gardening. And the package was so heavy that she didn't have to put... Speedy delivery, Mr. Rogers. Uh, sorry, I think I threw a package on top of your dog back there, and, uh, well, I'm, I'm not sure if he's still alive, Mr. Rogers, but I wanted to show you the new speedy delivery vehicle that I... It's a solar-powered vehicle. It's a two-seater, and thought you'd want to come outside and take a look at it. Don't mind the dead dog, but... That was going to be the original name of the Tom Hanks movie, but they decided to go with A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood. Me personally, I like Won't You Be My Neighbor, but what do I know? But yeah, our equipment's wanting to continue to crash. At least we got that double stuffed Cason's Critters in today, so we'll call that the show. Tomorrow we'll talk uh, workplace dress codes as well as uh, some Thanksgiving stuff. I'm done. So, we'll do it again tomorrow. And that's it. Gill censorship. Bye-bye. Based on the outcome of our investigation, we will take the appropriate action. <laughs> <laughs> The couple says Cooper used to sleep between the both of them every night. But now they want to prevent drivers from taking what they call shortcuts. <laughs> they have a lasting impression. A grandchild place out here? 
my mother was actually guarding me, I was guarding me, and the package was so heavy that she didn't have to 